This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. What is your next mission from God? We all have one. Welcome to Your Next Mission from God with Julie Anderko, where the saints show us how it's done. And sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right. Julie tells their stories to help you find hope, inspiration, and direction to show how the saints discovered and accomplished God's mission for their lives. John Bosco had dreams that were from God, and he directed his life according to those dreams. And it made him appear a little off balance, maybe a little nutty. A couple of his priest friends were concerned. They thought maybe he was delusional or losing his sanity. So they invited him to go on a coach ride, but secretly they were gonna take him for an examination. And John knew this. So when the coach arrived and the the two priests got in ahead of him, instead of getting in, he shuts the door, yells to the coachman, to the lunatic asylum quickly and off they go. But you know, that's nothing new. In the gospel of Mark, Jesus's relatives say he's going out of his mind and they go to get him. And if you radically follow Jesus, people might think you're out of your mind too. So maybe we should dial it back a bit. Nah, Jesus didn't dial it back and they thought he was crazy. John Bosco didn't dial it back. They thought he was crazy and neither should we because if people think we're crazy because of following Jesus, then we're in really good company. We're in the company of saints. St. John Bosco was born in 1850 in Becke, Italy. It's near Turin. And when he was two years old, his father died and his mother was widowed. She had three sons. One was quite a bit older from her husband's previous marriage. And they knew hardship. They knew this hardship of not having the man in the house, trying to eke out a living farming. Plus there was a series of droughts that made it very, very hard. The family knew poverty. John knew need. And he also knew dysfunction because the older brother then had to run the farm. And he was very resentful of John who, as he grew, wanted to to study and learn and didn't want to to follow in the footsteps of farming and his older brother really resented it and he had kind of a hot temper. So his mother seeking John's safety did make arrangements for John to to live at a neighboring farm where he hired out and could have his education and, and live without the threat of an older brother who had a very bad temper. She kept in touch with John all the time, ever involved in his life they were very close and she was just very desperate to to, to put him out and, and make those living arrangements. But there just wasn't another choice. Without the older brother, the farm would have fallen and there, there were no safety nets. They would have been on the street and destitute. So it ended up working out pretty well. St. John Bosco knew from the time he was nine years old what his mission would be. Uh, the big picture of it, not the details, of course. And he received this information from a dream. And we should not underestimate a child's capacity for God. You know, we often will ask a child, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? When in fact, we might ask them, what is God's plan for your life? 
What mission does he have for you on this earth? What is God's will for you? Children are capable of an interior life and of feeling and hearing the promptings of God. And we need to help them with this. After visiting a prison in Turin, Italy, St. John Bosco wrote, I was horrified at the large number of 12 to 18 year olds, all healthy and strong, intelligent looking, rotting there, eaten by insects and starving for material and spiritual bread. This was Turin, Italy in the 1800s. Child labor was atrocious. Boys went to work at seven years old, no education. Every, poverty, unbelievable. They, they were orphans or they had widows mothers with, with brothers and sisters. It was a terrible existence and often they were driven to crime by hunger and desperation. And at 12 years old, you could get thrown into prison for the smallest infraction. One of the young inmates said to another, why does the priest cry? And the other boy answered, because he loves us. So John, once he became a priest, he saw this great need to serve the boys, uh, the street boys, and their desperate situation. And he came across one who snuck into a sacristy just to get warm because it was so cold. And the priest in charge reprimanded him strongly and said, what are you doing here? You're not here to serve mass and really gave it to him. But John went and befriended the boy, you know, and gave him some love and some encouragement. And the next day that boy brought four more friends with him, all scruffy and off the street. And before you knew it, John Bosco had 150 boys who were following him and needing him and who he fell in love with and fell deeply in love with him too. It caused quite a stir. It was believed that all these boys were a threat, that you couldn't rehabilitate them, that there was no hope for them. They were just going to be criminals, etc., etc. And so he didn't receive a lot of support at all from the church. He didn't receive support from the culture either. And there was a strong anti-Catholic bias at the time. St. John Bosco needed someone to help him mother all these boys. And there was no one better than his own mother, Margaret Bosco. So he went home to the family farm where she was living with the older son and her grandchildren. And he asked her, would you mother these boys? She knew the gravity of it. She knew that there was no money. She, she knew it'd be hard. A lot of boys and a lot of hard work. But she just whispered, if you think it's God's will, I will go immediately. And the next morning they walked from Becky to Turin. It was about 50 miles. Took them a little while to establish a home slash orphanage for these boys where she would be their mother. And even though John was taking care of these boys and going to the prisons and advocating for them and, and trying to, 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 to teach them a trade, a printing press, places to work and education, plus their catechism to love God. And he helped them grow in holiness because youth can. They did grow in holiness. Um, he, was, he was doing all this. He still had to do the other priestly duties like, like visit somebody who was dying to give them the last rites and, and these sorts of things. So he wasn't always with the boys. He wasn't always at the oratory. And that's why it was so important that Margaret was there. Margaret Bosco had cause to worry when her son, St. John Bosco, would come home late. There were some anti-Catholic movements going on and there were people that were threatened by his work with the boys. And he actually had several attempts on his life. And when he would come home late at night, he had to cross some sketchy areas. 
a dog would come to his rescue every time he needed protection. He would just come out of nowhere. He was big and he was gray and he was ferocious. But the boys at the oratory loved him and they petted him and everyone saw him, but they never saw him eat. <laughs> Even he would block John's way of going a certain route only to find out later somebody with a gun was waiting for him down there. His name was Grigio and John Bosco did try to find his owner and was never able to. John Bosco and his mother Margaret lived with their boys in a home slash orphanage slash school slash rehab center. It was where they lived and the work never ended because there were a lot of boys. And one day the boys ran through Margaret's garden and they just trampled it. They were playing and, and, and lost sight of where they were going. So when they were mending clothes at night, like they always did by lamplight, she's mending her clothes and she says, John, I can't take it anymore. I work from morning to night. I'm a poor old woman and those wild boys ruin everything. I can't go on like this. Let me go back to Becky. That was where the family home was. John didn't say anything for a while, but then he caught her eye and he looked at the crucifix. And when she looked at Jesus hanging there, she just kept mending. She never said another word. And she lived there with the boys until her dying day. Well, John's boys, some of them are almost adults and many of them became priests. And he actually begins an order, the Congregation of St. Francis de Sales, the Salesians. And he does this in 1859. He also, because of a dream of of destitute, unkept girls. He also helps establish an order to serve the girls with the help of his sister, Mary Mazzarello. And together they found the Daughters of Mary Help of Christians, also Salesians. John Bosco is not the patron saint of older Christians, but I think he should be. And this is why, as he got older, and his health wasn't as good, etc. He was encouraged to slow down. And he would say, tell the devil to rest and I'll rest too. And he'd also say, while I have time, I've got work to do. And he's right, the devil never rests. Remember that children at Fatima, Mother Mary told them that many people go to hell because there's no one to pray and make sacrifices for them. Well, aging is not for the faint of heart. There are a lot of sacrifices that will come up that can be put right on that cross of Christ to help in Jesus's salvific work, prayers for those people who might be saved from eternal damnation. There's a lot that can be offered. You know, Mother Margaret, she was 58 when she went to, to the orphanage and stayed with, with John and the boys. And she worked hard sun up to sundown for 10 years till she was 68 and then she died because she got pneumonia i mean she got sick and she died but if she hadn't got sick she would have kept working but she never lost sight of her mission that god gave her in, in while she was on this earth and she did it right up to the end she was so loved and made such a big impact on those boys and generations to follow she was affectionately known as mama margaret or mama bosco St. John Bosco and Mama Margaret, pray for us. You've been listening to Your Next Mission from God with author and speaker, Julie Anderko. For more about Julie, visit her website at catholicfinishstrong.com and follow her YouTube channel, Catholic Saints on Mission. 
You can find previous episodes of Your Next Mission from God on the free Hail Mary Media app or your favorite podcast platform. Your Next Mission from God is produced at the studios of Mater Dei Radio in Portland, Oregon. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.